What is it like to have 18 years bike life under your belt and be able to jump to the moon on your bike? Well, you can find out in today's episode where I talk to Suzanne Lacey. She shares everything about her biking career and how despite being able to jump things that most of us would die of fright on, there are still some things that scare her. The sound might be a little bit off in today's episode, but please persevere with it. It was such a great chat and Susie shares some great advice throughout that I'm sure you will get a lot out of. But just before we do that, don't forget to head on over to the Girls on Wheels website and subscribe to the newsletter, where you can keep in the loop about upcoming guests and episodes and be in with a chance to get involved. And please give the pod a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Girls on Wheels Podcast and check out the pod's number one supporter, Shawnee at Shred Lucky Girl. Now, let's get into today's episode. Okay, so welcome to another episode of Girls on Wheels podcast. Today I'm joined by Suzanne Lacey, Susie Lacey. Welcome, Susie. Hello, how's it going? Good, thank you so much for agreeing to come on my little old podcast. I feel quite honoured. Um, yeah, it's, it's. I can't wait to talk to you and hear about your actual mountain bike career because I joked with you, didn't I, that I say I've got a mountain bike career when... I just slip around Canuck Chase, but you, you've got quite a lot of, yeah, riding experience into your belt and I imagine some amazing stories. So it would be really great to sort of hear how biking came into your life and some of the awesome things that you've done. Yeah, so um, I've been biking now for about 18 years. I'm 30 now, so I'd probably start when I was about 11 or 12. All it was was just at a local woods, um, and me and my friends used to just build jumps. Um, we should jump over each other, jump over fires, be naughty. <laughs> um, I don't recommend that to learn, but um, it's one of those things. Um, jumping came to me really easily on a bike, whereas other things, like, I still can't wheelie, <laughs> um, and I have to really work on all my other basic skills. Um so, I, like I said, I started off in a little woods, and then I heard about Chicksands Bike Park, um, and they held a ladies' day there. So, my brother took me to my first ladies' day, and Tracy Mosley and Helen Gaskell, who were like the World Cup riders, top World Cup riders back then, um, t- took me along. And I was hooked ever since. Um, so, my mum and my brother would kind of alternate shifts and take me to Chicksands once a week. And then I got to know the you know, the guys there, and they all kind of took me under their wing, and I used to just ride with them. And then I eventually, when Chicksons made a four-course track, got racing four. Ah, okay. Oh, amazing. So, what, you? how old were you, 12? About 12, yeah. Oh, amazing. So, um, some World Cup riders took you under their wing? Well, it's like a ladies' day, Tracy Mosley. So, there was like a bunch of us, and I was a youngest. But, they kind of like, I don't know, I did a ladies' day recently, so you're just basically helping each girl. Yeah. Doing certain things, like back then we had North Shore, we had some jumps and things like that, and they're kind of giving you tips and advice. And then they were saying about, saying to me and my mum about racing, um, but the guys at Chicksands, they all took me on there about when I was going there weekly. Okay. There once a week. Um, and then eventually I got into four-course racing with a bit of four and I started, me and my mum would go around the country, regionally, maybe five folks went up in Sheffield, 
Um, and yeah, just, just do some racing. And then I got onto a little team. Um, and I kind of just progressed from there, really. Um, I, won, I won a few like national series at the old four cross. And I did a bit of DMX racing. And then oh, wow. After about seven years of that, I decided to transition to downhill. So I must have been about 1920. Yeah. Um, so. I only did about one year as senior, and I won a national, and then I got told to go up to elite. So the next time I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> I'm racing up against, like, this is going back, like, you know, Manon Carpenter and Tarney. Um, and it was an amazing experience. Mm. Yeah, did that and did a few World Cups. They were very scary. Um, Which World Cups did you do? I did Fort William. Mm. Um, so back then, you, the top 20 would qualify. So I managed to qualify once. The hardest race of my life. Really? Um, yeah, because I stayed up there for the month um, in a van, the back of the van training. And I'd probably ride for William twice a week just trying it because it's such a long physical track. So I was just practicing. Um, and then the day, the weekend of the World Cup came and we had really bad weather. There was like, the week before, there was snow at the top of the bloody mountain and then mm. um we couldn't do practice or qualification we had to squeeze it all in one day and oh god yeah, the most physical race of my life um but yeah it was an amazing experience and i had got a few others but i was more just happy to get down the track There's yeah the difference between getting down the track and racing the track and i certainly <laughs> i just i did struggle to like you know really let go and go full pelt like those girls do but yeah. My main thing was I loved jumping. So I loved being in the air. And if you like jumping, it's not the best trying to gain time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're in the air, you're losing time. So then I thought, well, maybe maybe racing isn't for me anymore. <laughs> you know, I did ten years of it. Um, yeah. But yeah. And then oh, I was amazing. after that. <laughs> what just round the on your bike or um, um I went to New Zealand and Canada for like a working holiday. Okay. I ride Whistler in Canada. Um, house painter out there. Um, and in my spare time, I go biking and hiking and things like that. And then in New Zealand, I was a cleaner. And again, I rode at um, Queenstown and rode to Rua. Oh, amazing. But I did the odd race, had a go at the Crankworks. And yeah, that was really fun. Had a go. <laughs> I had some bad crashes, but um, I gave it a go. But yeah, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I love how you're so casual about it. Oh yeah, I just you know did a few World Cups, had a go at Cranks were Crankworks. Oh my god, that I, I watch them and I'm just like, what? Like, it's baffling. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, this is going back when I when I raced World Cups. I only did about three or four rounds. To be fair, so. That was back in 2015, and it's come along so much since then. You know, the bikes, the training, everything. And I went in there, although I had, I was on a team in the UK, and I had help, so they gave me the bike, they gave me the kit, which was amazing. But I still had to work full-time to um, pay for the races and get there. I took a yeah. call at my work to travel all those four, five months do the circuit. Um and really, it was just like an eye opener. It's you know, you see those the, the other your competitors in the pits, and they're getting like they've got the mechanics. I've got you know 
pets they've got, like someone to help them, like massaging and things like that, everything prepped. And I'm doing it all on my own. It, it was a bit stressful, um, especially if I had a crash or I had a bike mechanical, I was really flustered. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I mean, I loved it. It was, it was, it gave me the opportunity to get that, I got that travelling bug. And um, I just loved being there and just watching and having that experience and being like, okay, I didn't quite make it like where I wanted to because I wanted to be a professional mountain biker like since I was a little girl I wanted to be a professional racer but I gave it a go I tried and that's one thing I can say is that I gave it a go so I wouldn't change it yeah that's really good um so were you a privateer then entering those world cup yeah although I was was basically I was on a a team in the UK so we had I was sponsored by Aston Hill and that's a bike park yeah shut at the moment but we had a team manager there was four of us um some of us just i mean a couple of them they were just doing the nationals um and we had like a, a coach at aston hill to, to like help us with our techniques and things but they you know they helped me out with a bike and all the kit but they weren't yes. able to come with me you know so yeah I living in the back of a van um kind of doing it myself Really, and I was with my ex at the time, so I had his help. But it's very—you need a whole crew. Yeah. To make to, to make the most out of it, or to be at your best, you need a crew. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone gets the opportunity, do it as a privateer. Just go out there, just to experience it, get to ride those tracks. Um, and yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's really um. Tracy, just pop your microphone under your chin a little bit and let me see if that makes a bit of a difference. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. It's just sometimes... Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Um, I was just going to say, like, you know, if I'm riding around just normal trails and I get a puncture or some mechanical, it's it makes you stressed, doesn't it? Because you're like, ah, I've got to fix this. I can't even imagine the pressure of that when you're there to race. And, yeah, it's it must be another level and then you've got to sort it out so yeah. fair play and, and staying in a van as well and like living van life is tiring isn't it it's it is yeah you do miss having that shower easy access shower um and just like being able to cook properly I was just living up you know rice pasta cans of tuna and when it's <laughs> really hot you can't have normal milk you've got to have um, like UHT milk <laughs> um but, yeah, so, yeah craving was, a cup of tea. And, and everything's dusty, you know, like mm. bikes underneath, and then all your bedding's dusty. Because I remember that year, that summer, because um, in between the World Cups, I'd go to Morzine and I'd just ride Morzine, Chatel, all those places. Um, and it was just like dust hits so hot, can't, just can't sleep in the van, it's just too hot. But it was amazing, like, there were so many fun. Fun, so much fun to it yeah but yeah it's great. oh it sounds sounds incredible and like a real show of your determination and dedication for it because you know it, I was just thinking then god if I went out somewhere and the conditions were like that where I was just sweating and boiling and I couldn't eat properly or have a proper cup of tea or a shower I think you lose that I've got probably a three-week tolerance of that and then I'm like right get me home to a bed yeah. and a kettle and a shower so it's all that stuff that you don't think about isn't it you think oh yeah mm. people are just there to race but it's the 
you're out of your comfort zone you're out of a home you're in a van you're transient you've got shit yeah. you're living out of a bag it's oh, yeah. I, I did a bit of traveling as well and I mean, it's quite nice to only have a bag full of stuff. It made me realize, why have I got a house full of shit when I've lived for yeah. a year with the same three pairs of shorts and tops and whatever? It made me feel really, like, excessive when I got home. I was like, I've got too much shit. But it's it's tiring when you're transient. So it's another yeah. part of hats off to, like, people like yourself and the other races that are, yeah, living out of a van and... Yeah, them needing to be on their top know. form like yeah. top form physically yeah. um yeah amazing that sounds that sounds exciting tell me what was crank is it cranks works I've got my yeah, tongue crank tied works. Crank, crank works I can't yeah. say cob cobs where I say so I've got this weird thing if I want to say a cob web I say cobs webs <laughs> so <laughs> so excuse me for keep probably saying cranks works crank works um, what was what was that like because that just looks off the scale like giant stuff that I would yeah, die on the, the Whistler one was amazing I did that twice and I did um I did the air downhill so that was on a line and again I'm going into it, I'm pedalling, I'm doing all the jumps, I'm like, oh yeah, airtime. Yeah, so you need to like not jump every freaking jump. You need to like, you know, stay low for the seconds. But yeah, because <laughs> um, that's, that's what I mean, it's love being in the air. And then I had a go at that Garbanzo one. So that's where you start at the very top of the mountain. And um, there's two uplifts. You have to take the second one. And it t- took me about 17 minutes to get down. Oh my! Bottom. It's a really long race. Seventeen minutes. It took me seventeen. Minutes. Wow! But then if you look at like the top pros, like they're doing it like I don't know what they're doing it in now. But going back and I'm just doing them like nine, ten minutes. That's how quick they're going. Wow! Um, again, I'm just trying to survive and get down. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the downhill one was really brutal, actually. Like really savage track. Even though I practiced it, it was just so dusty. Because you're getting, you know, you're getting like, what, a couple hundred riders go down there at one time and the track gets beat up. And that's yeah. the thing I have to say with my downhill race and I really struggled to adjust was every time you go down a track, it changed. New route would appear, stumps would appear. Um, and if it was dusty, it's as hard as it when it's raining. It's all covered up, all those roots. And I kept crashing and just like, yeah. Sliding out. It was more slippery, that dusty, than in the wet. But, um, yeah, again, I just survived. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I love what you said earlier that you decided, you know, made a decision about downhill racing not being for you because you just wanted to be in the air. Like, that's... Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I was, I've never been the best at um, technical riding. Um, I'm still working on it. Um, so I am trying to be a bit be even more mindful now. I've, I've entered Ardrock. Oh, and me. Only the No, I'm doing the intro oh. one on the Sunday. So I'm dreading it. Like I am shitting myself so much. And then I was talking to Murray the other day. Yeah. Um and he was like I was like, 
oh no, it suddenly dawned on me. I was like, is it going to be rocky? And he's like, it's hard rock. I was like, oh shit. I was like, I'm not, I hate big rock gardens and stuff. I was like, what am I doing? And I, because when I was a racer as well, there was another side to me that no one knew about, and I was really hard on myself. Like, so if I couldn't do something, I couldn't do a section, I was angry. I'd throw all my um, toys out the pram, and I'd just beat myself up. Um, and I do cringe when I think back to how I was like. I really cringe now that I did that. Mm. Now, I will go if I go down a track and there's something I'm not sure about. Oh, I don't want to do that section. Just get off your bike and push around it. Just make sure it's clear. Like, there's no harm in it. End of the day, you've got to start somewhere. We're not, like, certain tracks. When you do that intro one, I'm sure there's going to be a track or two that you're going to absolutely love and that's going to be flowy. But there's going to be that technical one where you're like, holy shit. Don't press yourself. You can't, like, there's no... Just push down if you can't do it. You don't hurt yourself. And yeah. Like, you know what, next time. I know what I need to improve on next time. I for next year I will do more rocky stuff. It's just, yeah, it's just about the experience, isn't it? I'm like, I'm gonna go into it as this is gonna be an adventure. Like, yeah, just see it as an adventure, an experience, and just take start your own path. Yeah, that's really that's really good advice because I was talking to my friend Maria yesterday and we were like oh mm. we can't talk about it we need a nervous poo and I was like <laughs> I was like oh god like I've never done an enduro race um and then I'm like I'm not going to think of it as a race I just want to get around it and sort of trying yeah. to tell myself it's you know I'm I'm not there to race it I just wanted to do it for the experience but then yeah I've done quite a few podcasts where people have spoke about racing and actually it's quite reassuring because it's not about you know I'm not going for a podium or anything and it's it's a good thing to do and that sense of accomplishment that I'll get for having completed it will be like yeah. enough and that's yeah Definitely. even if Definitely. I have to walk down it all and I don't, again, I don't care where I come. It's just to get an experience. And like I say, I don't see it. I mean, I, I'm very new to enduro. I've only done a couple. Um, I did Twist Oaks, Fun Enduro, and I've done Southern, one of the Southern Champs. I absolutely loved it. The atmosphere is amazing. I mean, when I'm coming from, like, when I used to do downhill racing, it was really quite, because you've got people really trying to, you know, be at their top. It's quite serious. It feels very serious. Yeah. Um, the full cross racing. And at the end, it was more fun, but it's very aggressive. In general, yeah. I'm just like, you're out with your mate on a day out, on an adventure ride. You know, everyone's so supportive. And also, there's more women doing it now compared to when I used to race. When I was 14, I was up against Matt and John O'Jones at full cross racing. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I was against the boys because there wasn't enough girls. And now, I see all these girls, and they're actually all coming, rather than, I mean, there was a time when I was where I found it a bit bitchy, but now, I don't see, there, there is none of that. Everyone is so supportive. Um, and I, I think if you go to, up to, I mean, when I, when I did some zero, like, just chatting to girls going up the hill, whether they're rising up or pushing up, we're all just having a 
chin wag and it's actually yeah. it feels like you're meeting new people um and yeah going on like an adventure yeah I guess when when you're not going when you just want to do it for the experience and you're not planning you're not bothered about your position it almost takes that pressure away so you can just be relaxed and yeah well I think I I know I will still be nervous but it won't it's not like I'm trying to you know win (laughs) but you've got an aim to complete it haven't you yeah to not Yeah. yeah to get down it like you say rather than yeah and I guess that's quite nice, actually. It's a privileged position to be in because you don't have to put pressure on yourself. And yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you actually how, because like, I've done this podcast to plug a bit of a gap, I guess, in the mountain bike world in terms of you know getting more women into it and stuff. And there's some like great podcasts out there and stuff, but for me, they're it's quite like pro level focused and whatnot so I, don't, I can't relate completely because I'm like well I you know ride my bike at the weekend and whatnot but one of the big things is about you know getting more women into the sport because you know you can tell straight away it's oh. like male dominated but how how has things changed how have things changed sorry from when you yeah sort of started like you said the four cross scene the downhill scene how how is it different now in terms of like women involved so different. Um, like I said, to start with, I had to go against the boys in juvenile at four cross, and then over the years, more gradually, we got enough women to do a final, and then eventually got to do a semi final. Um, and then when I went to the racing regionals, so like at the Pierces, there was no there was no junior categories. I don't think we were all kind of just in one. Whereas now mm. there's so many categories, which is amazing. Um, and yeah, even like when you look at the, well, I'm still, I'm still interested in, you know, what women are coming up in the sport. We've got so many younger girls now. Um, yeah. Wasn't you know, live, live, live shreds, live shreds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember her when she was like a little girl, and now look at her. Like I remember helping her down at my local at Bull Track down there, um, getting her just turn her into like a little rugat. Tell you what. She's gonna go, she's just gonna go past me now. And she's just, you know, the progression and especially the young girls is incredible. I go on Instagram now, there's girls doing like three sixties and stuff, like little like I'm saying like I'm not saying little, like young teenagers doing it. I'm like, blimey. And that's yeah. the thing. There's um back then there was no social media. Whereas now it's just since I had social media it's changed so much. Right? Yeah. Do you think that it's had a big impact then on, yeah, what what do you think the biggest impact is that social media's had for girls? Like? For girls. It's a difficult one for me. Um, I'm, I'm very, for me, sometimes social media takes the, the fun out of it and it puts a lot of pressure on the girls, I think, to be, a, look a certain way on a bike and to be, and to be able to do certain, whether it's jumps or races or even just how they're looking on a bike, um, for me, although it's, it's, I mean, look at you, every time I scroll through, I see a different girl that I've never seen before in the UK, you know, riding and racing bikes. I'm like, that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah. But, but for me, sometimes 
I do feel like there is a lot of pressure with social media. Just like yeah. it's very difficult, even for myself. I have to say myself, right? I just want to go out for a ride, but I always thinking about oh, I need to take my GoPro, I need to take this, I need to take that. Especially because I'm a supported rider for white, which is amazing. I love it. But I'm always thinking about all oh, content. Yeah, you get about like just riding a bike.
this comparison because I guess we never had you know you'd see your mates, you'd have a throwaway camera. You didn't have a camera on your phone, so you couldn't like analyze yourself. You'd have a camera that you took to Max Spielman that then got developed. That's what I did. And then there, there's your photos. You couldn't see what you look like in them. Some of the selfies I've got from when I was a teenager and a 20 year old, they're hilarious. They're like what your mom or your yeah. dad would take, like that close up <laughs> under your chin thing. <laughs> Yeah, they were, they were really funny. I even really like the back of mine. It's, it's hilarious. But I mean, yeah. Part of it as well is like, I'm, I'm very glad. Is that, uh, it's, it was really hard. I don't know. I'm going to do content art. Such a shame that I haven't got old footage of me racing when I was a kid. I loved to see that. Yeah. So that's what I like the social media for. So when I had my Instagram, as much as I wanted to, I love, you know, you know, kind of influencing or like, kind of, I don't know showing off like obviously I'll show off me jumping in that because I want other girls to, to be able to inspiring. do it inspiring that's it that's the word yeah inspiring. I lost the word I love inspiring um but it also is like it's a what's it memorial for me you know yeah I need to look back on like, yeah sort of things when I was in New Zealand and Canada and I'm like oh I just gonna go flick through it I just oh. and you look at your first Instagram post you know you look at how far you progress with your riding that's what I love and like I said, I do wish I was, I had some stuff, more stuff in me when I was like 13, 14, you know, of me racing or, because my mum wasn't enough to do technology at all. So it, yeah. would have been, it would have been a nice, you know, thing to look back on. But that's what kids can do. You can save all that stuff and they'll be able to look back in a couple of years' time to see how far they've come along. Yeah. That's definitely a, a positive. Like a, it's like a curation yeah. of your life, isn't it? A digital, yeah. like memory box or photo album of yeah. what you've done, and like having videos now and stuff, and reels and being creative. That's quite fun. I quite enjoy that bit. But um, yeah. yeah, so there, there's good and bad to it, isn't there? Yeah, um, yeah. And it's easy to, I think, look at people's Instagram and make a lot of assumptions and fill in the gaps and be like oh my god I'm never going to be that good because I can't do that whereas sometimes you don't see people's like failures or proper progression you just see the end product which obviously that person is proud of because they've just done something amazing um yeah but yeah it can depend on who's looking at it they could maybe be like oh they've gone from zero to that shit I'm never going to get there um yeah but I think it's really good how you can find people like yeah. Well, certainly you can find the communities you can follow you can it's a thing yeah. now isn't it where you you yeah. create a connection on Instagram or Facebook and it's not weird when that first started happening for me I found that bizarre because I I had Facebook from 2007 when it first came out yeah and I just used to put my travel photos on there and like the, my, I had about 10 friends because they were actually my friends <laughs> Like not oh, strangers. Yeah, 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 exactly. And now, <laughs> yeah, now it's, it's like, you connect, don't you? And yeah. it's quite, it's really nice. I think it's really great to build communities, and uh, yeah, you can connect, and then you can arrange meets. It's just, it's, it's mad because the way of the world has changed about how we make friends yeah. and yeah stuff. Um, so there's definitely a plus in terms of connecting people and finding other people and like getting inspired and being like oh where's that track oh I, I would never have heard of that oh I'll check it out or where's yeah. that race um yeah 
but yeah there's definitely a dark side to it as well um but yeah so I guess from when you began to now would you say there's a lot more women in the sport Oh yeah, definitely, hundred percent. It's amazing to see. Um, I do a, I have a, a ladies' day at Chester Oaks. I think it's about forty to fifty women. That was incredible. You know. Yeah. Alexia and Beth Bishop helped me out. Um, and we were just kind of like helping girls out, doing tips and that. Um, and that's something I want to do more in the future as well. Um, and Twisted Oaks is a great place for it. So again, yeah. that's part of me just wanting to. I mean, we had I had girls that girls slash women, girls that have been riding for like a couple of months, got these really old Carrera Halford bikes, girls who, you know, are showing off a lot of talent or they just want to go off to that next drop. You know, they just said, oh, I've done that drop, I want to go off to that bigger one. Can you, like, help me turn off it? And I've watched them. Um, and then, yeah, it was just like, such an amazing day. It was really fun. And just seeing them all just stoked and progress, seeing all the girls progress throughout the day. Um, I just like a little YouTube um, video of just the day in general, what it was like. Um, and it was quite nice because like, they would close off a bit of the bike park, so it's just for girls only. And yeah. The boys would have to go off, you know, their golf ride in the other part. And we just kind of rotated around. And the guys were really fine about it, you know. And um, oh, yeah, I was like, wow, I've never seen this many, this many women here. Um, uh. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think. Oh, sorry. You've got a project evolve as well, haven't you? Where you get all those onto that website project evolve, and that's loads of women. I was like, blimey. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah. That's the first time I went to Revs. Um, I'd always been too afraid to go because I was like, mm. no, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm going to die. Um, and then when I heard that ladies' event, I thought, right, this is this is the time I'm going to do it. And yeah, it was it was awesome because. It's. I don't mind riding with guys or anything like that, but sometimes when you feel like you're out of your depth, that mm. thing come that imposter syndrome strikes. I guess, and it's like, oh, I don't want to hold people up. What happens if I'm on the trail and I know I'm going to stop? What happens if someone comes bombing up behind me? And you know, all that sort of stuff. But it was, yeah, it was a really great atmosphere, and I yeah. absolutely loved it. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. I mean, not in the first uplift, Susie. I went grey oh. with fear. I was looking at how, st- like, I was scared in the uplift truck because of how steep the road was. And I was yeah. looking to my side at the trails and I was like, oh my God, what have I done? And I was just really quiet and I felt grey and I got out of the the truck and I I wanted to burst out crying. I'd never been that scared in my whole life like, on my bike. I wanted to burst out crying because the fear and the adrenaline and I was like pushing up and I felt sick and I was like, Ooh. but then... I remember one of my friends, Liv, she, I don't know, maybe she sensed it and she was like, you've got this, Dan. She was like, you're going to be all right. And that, those words just cut through yeah. all that noise that yeah. I was literally thinking I'm going to get in the bus and go back down. This was a mistake. I I can't do this. Um, and yeah, Liv just, she just cut through all that noise and just said these words. And I was like, okay, I've got it. And then I'm sure she followed me down and then it just made me, feel like safe that I wasn't yeah. gonna hold anyone else up and all that stuff so yeah it there it really those days are amazing community. yeah mm. that, that's what I love that no one's judging you you know I think we're all there to help each other whether it's yeah. like it's your first time at that place and it's just to help you get down get your confidence up 
Um, and yeah, like that's and that's one thing I, I love about the sport now. It's definitely progressed so much more positively in that aspect. We never had any of that when I was riding and racing when I was young. Didn't you? It was all competitive and you know, um, like my mum was not the best sport. You know, she she put me under a lot of pressure, and she would say like, "You better." bloody get on that podium or you better bloody win I've come all this way because she did have to take the you know time out and um and I think that's why over time when I went racing on my own I put a lot of pressure on myself yeah pressure on me it was me I was my own worst enemy um I was always worried about the results or I was even worried about how I looked going down the track and yeah it's mad whereas now there's none of that everyone's just everyone's just supportive no one's judging you. Everyone's just stoked. Aren't they? Yeah. Stoked to ride on the bike, especially women. And, and if I'm not men as well, if I go to road gates, kind of localish to me. Um, I go, oh, blimey, it's like so many girls out. It's wicked to see. And then they're sending it as well. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, it is. Um... It is awesome. It's quite special when you go somewhere and then you see loads of other girls because you're like, yay! Yeah. A girl, yeah. and I think, especially for me, like I'm, you know, I'm just a, I'm not, I, I love riding my bike. I'm never going to be able to jump massive things like you do. I don't think I want to. They they scare me too much. But yeah, I'm, I'm quite content with, you know, riding what I ride and stuff. But it's just so nice to see other girls do massive things or not even massive things, things that scare me and that you see them do it and you're so buzzed for them. There's no... I've never felt jealous in a bad way, you know, where it's no. like, oh, oh, that, you know, you know, bad thing about it. I've just thought, oh my God, that's amazing that you've done that. Yeah. You yeah. get that everywhere and it's really exciting. No matter what you've done, even if you've just dropped off a curb and that for you is a big deal, oh, there's, yeah. you've got so many cheerleaders that are like, yes. And yeah. it doesn't make you feel like, yeah, there's no. I think we build can build up the feeling of pressure in our head, but then when we're doing the things, you realise no, yeah. everyone just is so happy for you, no matter what yeah. that feature is, even if it's something they can do with their eyes closed. That genuine yeah. feeling of yes, yeah, and that's what's so nice. And guys do it too. Obviously, guys cheer oh, you on, yeah. um, yeah, and push you, I guess. But it's just really nice to have to see other women do things that you're scared of. It's like yes, and to have them celebrate your yeah like, it's really small wins yeah mm. yeah definitely I love that um how so you touched on it before um I think you did about social media and what needing to like help your mental health so you you know mm. you're conscious of it how has like how does biking help with your mental health um yeah and keep you keep you sane as an adult <laughs> Yeah, um, that's freedom, isn't it? Like, I'm I'm a warrior. I have a hundred million things going on in my head. Um, always have done. Um, but as soon as I get on my bike, feel free. I, all that goes. I love. Yeah. Obviously, I love my jumping, and um, that gives me a buzz, like adrenaline. Like, wow, you know, I love that. I'm a adrenaline junkie. I also love going out for a pedal, whether it's on my own or, you know, with friends, going out for a long pedal and just focusing on, I love nature, so I just focus on nature, I love views, you know, just like going up to uh, 
start to hear all the things like I'll pedal up. That's what I can't wait for hard rock, because just going up to the top and just having a look around me and just taking it all in and appreciating it. And that's yeah. What, that's what I do. Um, and all my worries, and I go to say, what am I worried about that for? Why am I thinking about these? Why are these demons coming up? Because look around you, Steve, you're so lucky. Like, you've got yourself up here, and it's amazing. And, and, and that really helps. Yeah. I mean, like, with, with like, jumping, if I had a good day jumping and stuff, I'm like, woo! But then also, I can come, have a proper bad come down. And I can feel yeah. it instantly, because it's like, I've just had a wicked Sunday, and then it's like, oh, Monday comes around, and you've got, especially through winter, you've got to get through that horrible uh, dark days, dark nights, it's cold. And yeah. Every winter, I've always struggled. Uh, my mental, I believe everyone does, I think, with their mental health. So now, what I do is just making sure I've got lots of things to look forward to. Yeah. Um, so I've got a big planner up. This weekend, um, you know, I mean, because I've been riding for so many years, and as with the help of social media, I've met people, and um, I've got like nice, I've got different groups that I can go riding with. Yeah. Know, depending where I am. So, like, and I always want to, you know, spend time with them. Because, again, I do it for the social aspect. So I need that for my mental health. Um, I need to see friends. I'm most of my friends are mountain bikers. I don't really have any that don't. Like, I've got a couple, but they, they live far away. So, mm. again, for my mental health, I need the social side of it. So I've got my planner out. Like, first weekend of January or second weekend of January, I've got seeing this person, this person, this person. Yes, it requires a lot of travelling. Um, and money, but I go where I want to work for. That's what I work to do. What yeah. I love, to run my bike, to see my friends, and for my mental health. If I didn't have that, I don't know what I would do. To be honest, I wouldn't. Like Matt, if I could just make me the person I am today, um, especially the racing, um, it made me really um, organised. I was really good girl at school. I never messed up because racing kind of disciplined me. So then it disciplined me in life. Um, yeah, but and yeah, and just biking in general because you've got to be organised to a certain point, um, and you've got you know I love planning things, I love planning trips. So. Yeah, that keeps yeah. you. I, I mean, you're saying that about a planner. I was just looking at mine above my like laptop, yeah. and there's something about getting through these winter months where you just think, yeah. right, I've got this to look forward to. Um, yeah. I'm going to think about this, but I was saying to my um, friend yesterday that next year I might just say to myself, January, there are no expectations for anything. I'm just going to hibernate and that's yeah. okay if I just, because yeah. I went out last week, not yesterday, the week before, and that was the first time in January I'd ridden my big bike and oh. I, I hadn't been out. And every time that there was an opportunity, I was like looking out the window going, oh, I don't know and I just I couldn't be bothered to drive I didn't want to have to wash my bike like and I just thought I just I know it sounds mad and I love mountain biking but I just couldn't be asked in January I just mm. didn't have the oomph to yeah to clean or drive and all that malarkey bit I'm getting back into it now and you know I had such a good day yesterday just exploring some new trails and being a complete muppet on my bike with my mate um but <laughs> Hey, it's me. Just a cheeky little interruption here to remind you to go over to the website and sign up to the newsletter. 
give me a follow on socials at Girls on Wheels podcast. And if you're enjoying this, head over to podchaser.com and leave me a raving review as it helps me so much and I really appreciate it. Now, back to the episode. I Yeah, I think having things to look forward to is a great yeah. way to pull you through. But also, if you can't be bothered because it is really cold and wet, then that, that is yeah. okay. But yeah. next year, I'm going to give myself permission that I don't have to do anything unless I really, really want to. Because I've beat myself up this month thinking, not like last month, thinking, I haven't been out on my bike, I haven't been out on my bike, and I'm doing a podcast about biking, and I haven't been out on my bike. And mm. I was thinking, I'm a fraud, I'm a fraud. But I just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. I know, I know what you mean, and, and I I pressure myself to ride every weekend, and to be quite honest with you, I'm feeling the strain. My body's... Oh, yeah. Um, I was at Bike Park Wales at the weekend, um, that was a Saturday, I had a wicked day, and I really wanted to do like Forest of Dean or something on the way home, but I didn't have the energy. Um, yeah. And I was just like, I've got to listen to your body sometimes. And then like the weekend before that, I was at Woburn. And again, like they used to be my local, that's a good two hour drive now. Um, oh, is it? The weekend before that, I was probably at Twisted Oak. So it's like all that travelling. And I'm just like, mentally, I'm actually getting tired, my body's tired, and I need to not feel guilty. I need to get over myself. I totally get understand where you're coming from. Not feel guilty for not riding my bike and just having a weekend off it. And I actually find if I have a weekend or a couple of weekends off, I come back so much better on my bike. Just Woo, you know, like really yeah. For it. I just think, yeah, you just need to have a break sometimes. Just not pressure yourself. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. because I think this is it's a mountain bike thing. Because you love it so much, and you travel to go and ride, you start looking mm. at all the places that are local to that, or on your way home, and you're like, well, yeah. the next day I'm going to go there because I'm going past Forest of Dean or wherever, and I'm going to cram it in. And then when it the reality comes, sometimes you think. Oh, I wish I was just going home now because I'm I'm to- I'm whacked. Like I'm you, yeah, yeah. But you're so excited, and then I guess you go and you still have a great day. But then you're really knackered. Like it takes four or five days to recover. It certainly does me now. I'm like my knees are aching. We pedaled so much yesterday, more than yeah. I have for a long time, and my knees are coming up the stairs this morning. I'm like, ow. But I've been going yeah. to the gym and getting like strong over the winter like I've been really enjoying that going to the gym yeah. because it's around the corner it's dry I don't have to do anything like it's just I get in my car and I go but yeah my knees oh you lose your pedal fitness don't you so quickly um, yeah definitely and yeah my little knees now are like what have you done to me I don't even know how many miles we did but we were going up and down and yeah I certainly know it but yeah, it's like you say, just permission to have a break now and again is absolutely yeah. okay. And yeah. it's hard though, because FOMO is real, isn't it? You're like, right, yeah. I'm not going to go out this weekend. I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to do things around my house or whatever. And then so one of your mates is like, well, you see something. Oh, there's a ladies day here or people are going to ride yeah. here. And you're like, oh, and then you hear other people are going that you know. And you're like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, it's yeah. so hard. I know. So I hard. And, then, and, then, and then, again, social media, you go like, look at that weekend who's been riding, you're like, oh, crap, I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd ridden my bike, you know. So, there is that as well. So, <laughs> yeah. But no, I think I think we've all got to have a break. So, I, I really love walking and hiking, and um, that helps my mental health as well. And 
sometimes I just want to do that rather than go for a big massive bike ride you know I yeah just want to, like chill and just I love, like I said I love nature and stuff so yeah it's finding the balance and at the moment because I've got got the hard rock coming up I'm like right dudes I know you love your jumping go out there and do some pedaling gal you know so I'm trying yeah. to it where and again because it's like so fun it's nice outside now but you know we're all working pretty much Monday to Friday it's, it's still dark when we get back um I don't particularly want to go out riding in the freezing cold at the moment like after work no. I'm knackered yeah knackered. then you like right weekend I've got to ride Saturday and Sunday I've got to do do that bike park but then I'll go for a long pedal the next day and you you just pick up on the same pressure and expectation sometimes. Yeah. But, but yeah, but it will get better. I think spring, you know, it's around the corner. We'll get better for us. So I just can't wait to go out for a little evening ride. Oh, yeah. I know. And wear your t shirt and yeah. just. Yesterday, when I met my friend at Canuck, it was quite mild the day before, I think. Anyway, because the sun yeah. was out, I got in my head right it's February now we're in spring the weather is going to be nice and I had a thermal top on and a t-shirt and I just threw my hoodie in last minute because I thought I'm not going to need to ride in that oh my god we got out the vans I was like it's freezing I was like yeah it's so cold so I had to ride in my hoodie and my ears were cold I was like oh yeah. why haven't I got a buff on and I was just like okay it's still winter like I was trying to fast forward the season because I was like I'm ready for lighter nights now thank you and some yeah. t-shirt weather but yeah oh my god I was I was freezing and I was like yes okay it's and I had yeah. really flimsy perfect for summer gloves but literally like I might as well have just gone like no hat no gloves I was, no, that's I was like, why am I such an idiot? Like, why didn't I look at the weather? Yeah. But I'd seen a bit of sunshine and thought, right, it's Ooh. spring now. <laughs> yeah, no, apparently not. But no, I, I really suffer with my hands. Like, my, I've had a couple of times where my little fingers got completely white, and my, two of my fingers. It's like, yeah. it feels like my fingers going to drop off. Um, so I've got, like, winter gloves now. So they're kind of, like, windproof, kind of really insulated. So that was really good to fuck up well. And then it's just my feet, like feet so cold it takes them ages to warm up and then it's I also struggle after a ride if you've gone out for a big day out I don't know if it's because of like the calories you've burnt or something but I can't get warm I'm freezing yeah I put my car put here on I can't warm up and then I'm like oh crap I've got to go get the bike out and clean it and I'm just like shivering like oh what's going on and you know I always I'm, I'm a, I generally just feel cold I think I'm most most women, we're always bloody cold. Um, yeah. But I just struggle after the ride. I think it's yeah. really warm. And then, oh, I don't know, I've changed my clothes and everything. I'm freezing. Yeah. I relate to that. That happens all the time when I've got really, I, I say to myself, I've got cold to my bones. And I sound yeah. like my fucking grandma but I'm like I actually now understand what that means because you just cannot yeah. warm up and no. I think when you shiver as well like I've been in my van with the heat in full blast like a blowtorch on me just like Ugh, so cold yeah and it exhausts you being that cold doesn't it and yeah. yeah it's 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 definitely one of the tougher sides of of biking and being outdoors in the winter yeah I mean it's lovely and you wouldn't change it for the world but yeah it's it's it can it, it's tough on your body isn't it especially yeah you know when you're not a, a yeah teenager or a young person that just bounces back 
like you're like oh I feel my age now <laughs> you need a hot water yeah, bottle yeah, in the van yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, I've turned 30s like in September, and I'm I'm always giving that excuse like, oh yeah, oh you're 30 now. now. Everyone's like, oh Susie, shut up. You're not <laughs> old. <laughs> I'm feeling 18 years of riding, my joints, my body's feeling it. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I bet, bloody hell. Um, so your love of jumping, then, like when you look at your Instagram, it's oh my god, the size of like the gaps that you do and it's unbelievable but what would you say to someone so I really I really want to get confident at jumping but not I don't want to send big stuff because Mm. it's too scary but I wouldn't mind being able to like clear decent sized tables and I really 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 need to get my head around gaps because not big massive ones but just you know like doubles scare me because there's a little dip in the middle but what would you say to someone like me that is at that point where I, I want to progress a bit I'm not worried about getting you know doing too yeah. big stuff but I want to get good for like the trails and bike parks where I'm not coming up to a table that I think is big in my head and putting my brakes on on the bloody you know sh- shedding my speed or seeing a gap and going absolutely no way even if it's tiny like what how could I progress that or how could other people progress and, and get good for uh, better? Just, yeah, so I started out on a hardtail, so a jump bike, and I think going to a pump track would be the best thing. Because you, you, jumping is all about not just like going at, it at speed and clearing the jump. It's You need to be able to pump really, like be able to, you know, preload, you're up in the air, and then when you're coming down again, like, you're landing in the sweet spot um, and with pumping you're basically doing that but over rollers yeah and most pump tracks as well have got tables as well and if you can kind of learn to do it on a twitchy hardtail and then you can like progress it onto your big bike you're going to feel so much more stable um and there's loads of bike parks around I mean I don't know about up your way but maybe you like when chicks hands opens up that'd be a good one um yeah um Woven are working on like a, a skills area at the moment to help like be more beginner people to work. So there's some big stuff there. Um, Twisted Oaks, I know that's far, but again, it's another great place to jump in. You just need to go out there and session it. You need to go out there, spend a couple of hours just practicing over and over and over again. Um, yeah, basically how I, how yeah, that's what I got good at jumping for. Um, even doing the big stuff at Woburn, that free ride line last weekend, I must have rode it about 25, 30 times just to get more and more confident on it. I'm just constantly yeah. sessioning it. So you've got to be patient with yourself and you're going to start to feel the progression. Yeah. So start with pump tracks or BMX tracks. Um, there are, like I said, once Chicksons does open, they have got like a table section. So again, you can just practice on that. Learn, yeah. But using your skills, though, don't you don't go in there like full speed. That's actually where it's not all about the speed. It's it's it's, it's about the pump. <laughs> like Arnie talks to me about the pump. Um, about, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of that in my head. It's about, um, yeah, it's really hard to explain. I wish I had the tabletop in front of me now. Literally, just explain it to you. But maybe that's something like we could look into. Like, how far away? Because it'd be good if we can get some 
you and your girls down there um I think it's it's not too bad actually it's about an hour and a half so it's not um oh actually it's Twisted Oaks I get confused between Twisted and Phoenix is Twisted Oaks the one near the sea ish Um, or is that Phoenix Cycle Works because there's one that's for me, because I'm in the middle of the country, landlocked, yeah. I think that one of the bike parks is relatively close to the sea on the east coast. Um, I can't no. work out. I can always get confused whether that's Phoenix or Twisted. They're not that far from each other, though, really. Oh, okay. You know what, a whole weekend there, staying over and do both. Yeah, because I, I missed out on the Twisted Oaks day because Shawnee went, um, but mm. I couldn't go. I can't remember why. I do the plans, non-bike plans, which I don't know yeah. about you. When you make non-bike, like I love my non-bike friends. I love you guys. However, yeah, sometimes you're like, but oh, I'm yeah, I've missed out. out on a bike thing. But obviously, I, I know. you know. <laughs> but it is, it, all it is is just finding somewhere that has got some jumps that you feel comfortable with, which where you can progress, and it's just constantly practice, practice, practice. You're not always going to get it right. You know, it might be like out of the 10 runs, you might have only got three good ones, but still just keep going and going and going and then you'll, you'll, it'll click in your head. Yeah. And you can start moving on to bigger things. Yeah, I think. It took me 18 years to get to where I am. So when people say, how are you so good at jumping? I'm like, I didn't wake up one day and just sat to the extent it. It's yeah. a long time. And um, touch wood, I've got a wooden desk in front of me. I've not had any broken bones in that whole time because and I, people pressed me saying, oh, go on, so you can do that. Go on, hit that drop, hit that jump. And I'm not feeling it. And I go, no, I'm not ready for it. And I'll go write something else. It, was, it will always be there. If you're not feeling it, um, you know, walk away from it. If you run up to it, I'll give it three rules. If you run up to it three times and you still haven't gone off it, walk away, do something else. Yeah. Either come back to it another day or do it later that day, but just don't pressure yourself. It's not worth getting injured over. Um, so, yeah, that's another big advice, really. Yeah, and just listening to what you were saying, I always find that if I do session something and just spend the whole day for hours and hours, that I I see improvement. Yeah. Um, and I actually really enjoy sessioning days because sometimes when yeah. you just go and hit the trails and you only do them once, you think to yourself oh I could have done that little bit better like that bit better but you don't go back to it because you're then like doing something else but yeah I guess sessioning is key there's there are some little pump tracks quite a few near me um and I'm just trying to think of where maybe Chicksands or Woburn would be a good jumpy place to start um but I think yeah. you're right there as well saying about having the patience, like it takes yeah. consistency, doesn't it? And a long time to yeah. go from, which I think that's what perhaps I go wrong because I maybe find something that still scares me a bit and then I'm trying to clear that. Whereas actually, because I'm still a bit scared of it, I'm not I'm not doing what I should do because I'm scared to go in the air. So I'm just thinking about myself is finding something that I'm really comfortable on that doesn't scare me and just practicing the technique on that rather than getting twitchy on my brakes because I'm like, I'm going to go in the air and I'm scared. But do you know, Susie, I went to Project Evolve at Ramp World in Cardiff on two weeks, 
weeks ago, a week, oh, so end of January. Yeah. And for the first time I went in the foam pit. So I've been at a few oh, indoor okay. skate parks for a, a few times and I've always like got up to the top of the foam pit drop in and I've gone, oh, now I'm scared of the drop in, let alone the frigging launch into that. And I'd always been scared, but I'd always wanted to do it. So at that Project Evolve, straight away, me and Shawnee went up there like immediately. And I was like, today I am doing this. I'm not going to fanny around at the top of this and not having like not do it. And eventually it didn't actually take me that long. I was so surprised, but I did it. And the feeling of launching off it and then being in the air, it felt like I'd touched the roof. I hadn't, obviously, but yeah. that feeling of being airborne was absolutely amazing. And yeah. And then like landing and I was land I couldn't get out the bloody thing, but Oh, that's the I, hardest thing, yeah. Oh, honestly, and, and you know what? I was that person that lost her phone in the phone pit. Oh, no. <laughs> but these amazing people that I didn't know, and also Shawnee. Shawnee ended up basically getting my... Shawnee shred like a girl, so she was at Twisted Oaks. Um, yeah, doing yeah, yeah. Thing. She ended up being my bike, like, retriever. I couldn't, I couldn't get me and my bike out oh, that phone pit. So poor Shawnee ended up just, I ended up abandoning the bike because I was like, I can't get out. And I went into a panic at one point because I just couldn't move. I was like, what's wrong with me? And she was getting my bike out. But Shawnee and these three other girls, I was at the top and I was like, oh my God, I've lost my phone. I've lost my phone. And I had a hoodie on with zipped pockets and the zips were undone. And I was like, it's in the foam pit. And everyone was like, nah. I was like, it's in the foam pit yeah. because this is me and I am chaos. I was like, oh my God. And then someone was like, shall we ring it? I was like, it will be on silent. Um, mm. But then the, I was thinking, oh no, if I've got to crawl around in this foam pit to find it, the foam pit will be closed for the rest of the day because I won't be able to get out the frigging thing. Um, but then these girls, they volunteered to go down and then there was like five people scrabbling around in the foam pit. And then this girl found it. And I was like, yes. Yeah. Honestly, I was so happy, but I was like, Oh my god, I'm that person. But I've never heard of anyone losing their phone in the phone pit. Fair play. I did it. But you definitely need like some help to get it out because otherwise you'd be there forever. But going into that phone pit and feeling airborne was mm. oh my god, I was buzzing for it and I it, it got me used to that feeling and I was like yeah. And I think I need to repeat that a hundred times to realize that it's okay to have my wheels off the ground for a few seconds, yeah. because yeah. it's not a feeling you're familiar with. I don't think when you're a, like beginner in the sport, or if you don't want to jump and you keep your wheels on the floor, when they lift, it can feel really terrifying. You can feel out of control. Yeah. Um, but I think doing that all day, just, I was buzzing for it. I was just like, and I'm gonna go again. And I'm gonna go again but, because yeah, adrenaline. Oh, it was just amazing. I felt like I was in the air for about yeah. six hours, and <laughs> yeah, it was obviously it was like half a second, but it was so cool. Still, um, progress, isn't it? Yeah, and I think having the courage to do it was a difference for me because sometimes I can really get in my head and be like nah and I think that's okay sometimes like you've said to walk around things and yeah. go nah not today but sometimes I I know I can do something there's no risk to it yes all I've got to do is just do it mm. sometimes I can really be like no not gonna do it 
and yeah. I'd love to tap into why that was but yeah on Ramp World I launched I, I did it and then I didn't look back but the reason I started chatting about that was me getting that feeling of being in the air yeah which yeah, yeah. I think is key to me feeling comfortable about learning to jump because yeah I I know some I've had a few lessons on it and I know I know in my head what I've got to do I can always do with a refresher but it's almost like I know that if I do it I am going to go up in the air and clear the table and then I self-sabotage and shed my speed and don't do the technique because I'm like oh, yeah. I don't want to go in the air um yeah but yeah progression but, yeah session in is key about, isn't it about staying relaxed. so if you do session you know get used to it might be a bit stiff you know and then oh yeah sort of like, you know oh yeah like roll your shoulders take some deep breaths you know and go for it and just the more relaxed you are you're not going to be like dead sailor and you're not going to go off the side i see some people they go up they're really stiff and tense and they're just like oh and then they kind of go off the side because they're jerking one way or jerking the other way just like take that Take it back, relax, breathe. You know, you've got to be safer. And as long as you're staying central on your bike, you know, don't look down at your wheel when you're in the air because you've got to be going over the bars. You know, like, you need to look ahead and just stay central on your bike, really. Don't look too far back, don't look too far forward. And I personally don't think you can go wrong with that feeling of being in the air. You're going to, you know, you'll land um, on two wheels perfect. Yeah. You've just got to relax into it. And sessioning will help with that, definitely. And what about pump tracks as well? Yeah, pump tracks it I like pump tracks as well because they're they're really small, so and there's loads of things to do on them. So there's you know, you pedal and it's hard work, but you can constantly, one after the other, try your technique, can't you? So it's like bang for your buck, if you like. Um in terms of building up to then gaps, would you say that nail your tables first obviously and then yeah move up or yeah, is there I, like a a trick to it's because it's a mind thing isn't it I think yeah um uh, you're gonna land them now I've got tables and then next to it I've got a double and that's when I've got that twisted out so you go along you can do the tables you want next to it there's doubles at exactly the same size I've got a gap in it so if you're clearing those tables you can clear those doubles, you know. So that that so that's a really uh, good way to approach it as well. Um, and it's just the more you jump, like I've done so many jumps, I can kind of compare that double to something previous that I've done before, like or yeah. that like to a table. Like oh, I remember doing a table about that size, and it's just getting to know like the speed. And again, yeah. I've got so much experience under my belt, I can literally look at it and be like, kind of know what to do. And also, watching other people helps. So, right. like, I do tend to watch the guys quite a bit. And I just go, like, look, check their body position. How is that bike kicking them? How is that lip kicking them, I mean? Um, and I can just kind of, you know, work it out just from looking, just because of, of, like, how many jumps I've done. Yeah. But, yeah, again, um, Trusted Lights have got some gap jumps and it's all about like the takeoffs because some of them they can be really picky and it's you have to approach them differently and then some of them are more mellow. So those ones are kind of more safer, but you might need a bit more speed or you might just finally hop a bit more. 
So it's really varied. Yeah. The jumps. I guess it sounds like with like the more you do, the easier yeah. things become. And yeah, take it. Don't try and go and clear a big double first off, like get comfortable with little tables. Yeah, definitely. Build yeah. up and then Progress. Yeah, I guess it's that changing that mind. Cause I think with a gap, I'm gonna end up in the hole in the middle. Um <laughs> and I was clearing this table somewhere I can't remember where it was somewhere in Shropshire and there was, like next to it there was a, a double with the like neck the same size and yeah. I was clearing this table absolutely perfectly and I knew that I just needed to do exactly the same but I could not get out of my head that I was going to land in the middle even though it was almost physically impossible if I had the speed but I ended up doing it once and I just stared at the hole as I went over it. I mean, I'm talking tiny, but I did it and I scared myself so much I couldn't try again because I was like, I was like, I've done it. I was like, I can't do that to myself again. But um, yeah, I think thinking to yourself, I'm not going to go in the hole. It is physically impossible if I've got like physics says that I will not end up with my front wheel in there yeah. if I'm going at this speed it is not possible unless you slam your brakes on right at the end but yeah trust in that knowledge and I guess you build your confidence up and then you'll trust it um, yeah yeah on the smaller thing I'm saying this to myself like looking up thinking oh, I should follow this shit that's coming out yeah. of my mouth because <laughs> yeah <laughs> once again it's like when, when you've got a gap as well I don't look at the gap because, yeah, I, I kind of go, to, go in front of the lip and I look at the lip and I go, like, there's a lip and I'm landing there. I'm not, I'm like, not in the gap. I'm not going to look at, like, when I'm going over it, I'm not going to, like, no, I'm not, not going to look down and yeah. see the gap down. I'm looking at where I want to land. So when, that's another thing as well. Don't think about when you're up in the air doing that double, don't think about that gap underneath. You, look, you need to look where you're landing. That's so true. So look where you're landing and then you'll get there. Yeah, because I guess that age-old thing, you look, wherever you look, you go, mm. don't you? So yeah. looking down. Yeah, you go into that tree, you know. Yeah, it's, it's so true, isn't it? Something. You're like, yeah. oh, my God, I don't want my pedal to hit that root. Clonk. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's so funny. Um, I just wanted to – so I, was, I sometimes ask guests because I don't really follow a pattern anymore. I'm just freestyling it. But what are the – is there, are there still things that scare you? Steep stuff. Steep tracks, definitely. Okay, um, yeah. It's something I'm still trying to work on. I quite This is what I quite like the enduros for because it actually pushes me to just go. I, don't, I haven't seen it, so I'll just go down it and like tend to make it down. Because you're not, with a downhill track, you know, you can kind of walk the track and do the press and that and there's always something that scared me and I'm like oh it's coming up to it whereas with you I'm like well you're in it you're not going for it but no definitely um wet roots and <laughs> tracks <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and again I I've still got to get in my head being a jump up so lower your tire pressures I've got my friends I'll go see what tire pressure are you running ah, 28 30 so what are you doing you crazy you're not jumping you, you know you're doing technical routes and then I'm like, oh, yes, so much more grippier. And so <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to, you know, um, get in my head that, because back in the day, again, I had tubes. So when I used to race downhill, 
I just went down Fort William at 30 PSI because I was scared of getting a puncture. So, yeah. You know, it ruins it. Whereas now we've got tubeless, um, there's that push core. So I, but I'm still in that mindset of, yeah, but what if I get a puncture? But I'm not. I've got tubeless. I can go down to, you know, a lower PSI. Low pr- yeah. So, but no, yeah, definitely. Um, there's a there's a drop at Windhill I really want to do that I'm so scared of. I'm going there this weekend, hopefully. And it's just something I need to tick off. It's like a blind drop. So you go off. And you can't, it's just, it's just like quite steep and there's not much of a landing. You can't see the landing until you're off it. Oh my God. Scare me. It's, you know, so deep technical, wet route tracks scare me and um, blind drops. Yeah. <laughs> so I've still got a lot of work to do myself. I think it's good. A lot of progression. It's good to hear that though, isn't it? Because it'd be easy for someone to look at your Instagram and see the amazing stuff you're doing and then assume that you can do everything amazingly and that you're a superhuman whereas actually you're like well no I'm still you know I'm still don't feel that confident on slippy steep wet rooted trails and I think it's it's good to hear isn't it that Mm. people yeah everyone's normal everyone's a human and we yeah still shit because you said at the start didn't you you can't wheelie or no, I'm still, yeah, like, I can do a little wheelie, but nothing, like, you see some of them just go for days. I have dreams about wheeling. Yeah. I'm so disappointed going, oh, that didn't actually happen. Yeah. But again, I need, I need to find time to keep practising. To practice. I might do, I might do half that for an hour, my arms start hurting. I go, yeah, right, I'll do it again next week, and I don't. I don't practise because I'm just out on the, on the trails doing the jump. Yeah. Whatever, and I can't forget It's you practicing is so key isn't it it sounds so obvious but if you're not doing it all the time consistently like why do I think that I'm going to be able to wheelie when I might have had a go three months ago it's but do you know it's when I've got this admiration now for like the young lads that wheelie along the street or the road that before I'd be like oh you bloody idiot whereas now I'm like oh my god I'm so jealous teach me how to do it you're like that's amazing and they make it look so easy and effortless and then you like I yeah. try and I'm like an elephant like I'm so heavy oh, and I'm like I can't do it and I obviously know my you know, weight's not good enough but it's the fear for me I've got a fear of going over the back, going back yeah like, must have been 2014 I was clicked in and I went up to do like practice like a manual I was going quite fast and it's um I went up too far. I did use my back brake. I went right over the back. And when I had a piss pot helmet on, smashed my head, dented my helmet. I was oh, jeez. And I stuck to my pedals. Oh, God. And um, I think that always haunts me, going over the back. So I don't, I don't actually get, ever says you're not going back far enough soon. So I don't want to go back anymore. I don't want to yeah. hit my head on the pavement. <laughs> um, I don't want to go do that jump over there. It's ridiculous. I guess it's yeah, to work on. It, it's mad, Definitely. isn't it? When you say it like that, you don't want to go back, but then give yourself a massive forty foot road gap <laughs> or whatever, and you're like, oh yeah, that's fine, but I don't want to tip back safe. on my bike. It's so fun, isn't it? We're we're so different. Like you can be so confident on one thing, and then there's something yeah. that the people is like, but that is so much easier. But you're like, no, I'm scared of that. I've got this. Um, yeah fear if I go up a steep lip that I will loop out and 
I'm not going to because I'm not doing, I'm probably like crunched on my bike, like in the wrong position. But that that's why the foam pit fear was that I wasn't going to be fast enough and I'd just go up and then plonk back down the ramp. And that feeling of not making it up and then you falling back is one of my worst fears. Like I was trying to get out of a bowl in a skate park and it just yeah. seemed like it was vertical and an overhang and I went up it and was sort of like I didn't fall because I didn't give it full beans but that backwards thingy feeling is just I know what you mean yeah I've had that it's, it's, it's scary but I think yeah I've got, I've got having the right speed and physics, physics physically you can't as long as you're going the right speed you've just got to have yeah. confidence and yeah I, I just watch watching people like that project involved it must have been loads of you just you girls just watching each other and just seeing like roughly what speed they're going at or can you follow following people really helps yeah you know to get the right speed so you know to go and do it yourself confidently yeah Yeah. and seeing people's body position and what because I I go to like the worst case scenario in my head sometimes when I'm in that scared mode where I'm like I'm gonna fall this is going to happen to me. It's going to cause me to do this. But then watching somebody and seeing that their body moves, but they don't get booked or whatever it is, it then makes me think, right, Dan, why do you think you're going to be any different if you do the same as them? And that can really help, Definitely. yeah, get you down it, can't it? Uh, yeah. Oh, this is totally making me want to go and ride my bike now and go to a pump track. Yay! <laughs> Just looking at the weather that. thinking. Yeah. Could I do it? I know. Well, yeah. Maybe, maybe you could do that in the sidelines and then surprise everyone, like in a few months, and be like, "Look what yeah, I can do!" Yeah, you could. It would be good, wouldn't it? You could wheel up to video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and see, see how, yeah, how you do it and how. Yeah. It's not. It's not easy, is it? But people make it look so easy and that's so frustrating like you make jumping look so easy and I think it's amazing but like you say it's took 18 years to get to that point so yeah you know we can't kid ourselves that yeah we're not we're not gonna be able to do it straight off because it's yeah unless you're bloody people you know quicker than me it's just I've just done it where like I said if I'm not confident with certain something I'm walking away from it and I'll come back yeah. to it another time and that's just I, I had a gut feeling because I've done it where I've gone for it and I've had a bad crash so you know you kind of know your gut sometimes don't you if you're feeling mentally strong that day um but yeah I, I, for me I'm probably more quite a slow progressor with it all to be honest but I, I don't mind I'm still doing it I'm loving it I don't some people might own take them I've got friends that only been running two years and they're doing the same jobs as me and I'm like there yeah. but but then I didn't really have that someone to follow whereas I guess they're probably running me and following me so they're progressing quicker yeah yeah it doesn't matter how long it took you to get there does it no it just doesn't no just have fun yeah it's amazing oh it's been so good to chat to you Suze I've um loved hearing all your your amazing stories about your career and stuff um but yeah I think you've given some really good advice there as well and yeah it's been really interesting to chat about all those things uh before um we go I've just got some quick 
questions some stupid yeah. ones really but um okay. <laughs> so who is your mountain or do you have a mountain bike crush oh like Bruni. yeah oh yeah downhill race like, <laughs> someone else said that and i was like i want him on my podcast <laughs> yes <laughs> oh got to love the frenchman Nice. Yeah, like, he's um in Peru as well. Did you? Um, and he and, and the uh, like, he was so kind and just really, you know, he knows he's like a professional, but he just he just talks to you like normal, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, he's just, oh. he's just really nice guy. And I was like, oh my god, you know, yeah, fangirl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'd be the thing is, is we, I was saying I can't remember who it was, but oh yeah, I get Lowick on here, and then I thought I'd be an absolute mess because I'd just be all like fangirling and like oh giggly yeah. and stupid um yeah <laughs> but I still wouldn't say no even if I could just oh, chat no, it for an hour amazing. and yeah, yeah look it yeah <laughs> okay uh where is your favorite place to ride that's a difficult one <clears throat> um at the moment just because I'm like kind of proper jumpy mode at the moment I'm loving Wyburn Bike Park that's in the, U- in the UK. Um, but yeah, I'm about to say, like, in the world, Whistler. <laughs> I love that. Outside the UK, Whistler, 100% bike park. Ah, I love that with all your worldly experience. That's amazing. Um, okay. I, I I, mean, maybe one day I'll feel like I'm confident confident enough to ride um, Whistler, but I would also be quite scared of bears, to be honest. Uh, they're not that bad. Honestly, stay away from the mama bear. Yeah, that's all mum and cubs. Did you not just shit yourself there and then? I'll tell you what, actually, one thing that did happen. I was going down a freight train, and we're all going down. And I'm just a really fast, jumpy track. And these guys in front of me stopped all of a sudden. I only hit them, just flipping bear in the middle of the track. Just (gasps) casually walking. I've got on some old, old GoPro footage somewhere that I'll have to find. Um, Shit. 
And then it went really dark and we had a campfire and we were on the edge. And I just kept thinking, imagine if a bear came into like the, the light of the fire. And, oh, God. and then on that campsite, Suze, in the morning, we're all like brushing our teeth and whatever in the toilets. And this girl was like, oh, my God, did you did you see the bear at the camp? This was like a sec- the second night. I was like, no. Yeah. And she was like, it was like a horror movie. She was in her tent. Um, we were in a van, thank God. And I remember my sister waking up yeah. in the middle of the night going, we haven't locked the doors. And I was like, oh, the bear's going to get in. So I had to like be the brave big sister and lock the bloody door. But why we thought a bear would be able to open the door. But this girl, she'd been asleep in her tent and she heard a rustling and she looked out. And there was a fucking bear shadow there, like sniffing around their tent. Honestly, it gives me goosebumps now. I was like, that is frightening. I think we are okay with black bears. It's the grizzly bears. I don't know what was out in California, but... Yeah, I think black bears, I think. They're all right. As long as you don't get too close and there's no cubs about. But, yeah, grizzlies, if I did... No, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to bump into them. (laughs) That's a no from me. (laughs) No. Oh, God, it's making me nervous. I'm so glad that we live in the UK where, you know, there's there's no fucking dangerous animals. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, but terrifying. Okay, I think I'll probably know the answer to this question, but if you could wave a wand and get a skill, like mountain bike skill there and then, what would it? What skill would it be? Definitely a wheelie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wheelie and manual. <laughs> yeah, That's I'm with you on that. Days. Yeah, it'd be amazing. I just want to get get to a car park and just wheelie around the car park in front of loads of guys and girls and, pe- and people go, oh, my God, she can wheelie. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, okay, so now you've started a bit of enduro racing. Do you wear pants under your padded shorts? Um, I think I'm going to start to. Because Are I've you? Got, I've, got, I've, got, I've got a little um, turbo. And I have to wear padded pants for that. And when I do go out for like a long ride, I'm always like, I should have. I think I've done it once or twice. So I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I did. And then other times I forgot. And I'm like, I really should. If I'm going to go for 10 miles plus on a bike, I want to be comfortable. Always, that's why I start to like not enjoy it. All the chafing and that. Yeah, yeah. So, but some people, they wear padded shorts, but then they also put a pair of pants on under those padded shorts. Now, that's the question. Oh, would you put a pair of pants on under your padded yeah. shorts? You would. You weirdo, in the greatest respect, because surely that just creates more opportunities for rubbing and soreness. And I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but then, I don't know. Just like, I just want a layer between that and the... Yeah. <laughs> the shorts. yeah. This is a this is a divided but, opinion on the answers to this question. Yeah, oh, okay. It's funny. Some people no, are like no pants. Definitely Some, pants for me. Yeah. Okay. You're you're in the weird camp, in my opinion. <laughs> I think I've done it once, and I it, I mean it was a hot day anyway, but it yeah it I was like why have I done this? It just created like a double like an extra opportunity to rub and well, chase I'll try it when it's summer I'll give it or when I go for another ride I'll give it a go and see see how much like. better it is my, to just my opinion yeah yeah okay well, it's so much better without pants um yeah so when someone does something like cool on their bike what is your go-to heckle what do you shout at them 
God. I've sat all blooming things, really. Um, I just did, oh, my God, that's epic. Like, literally, like, yeah, data. Crazy. That's sick. That's yeah. Kind of yeah. What? Love it. You nutter. You're crazy. That was sick. Probably. Yeah. That's just like that. Because I find that if I've got really excited and I'm filming someone, I'll this like weird voice will come out of me. I'll either squeak like a girl and completely ruin it. Like if I'm filming like a guy and they want to look all cool in their video, and yeah. then I'm like, like squeaking like a chipmunk. Like, like for yeah. fuck's sake, Dan. But yeah, yeah. or I'll, I'll become a bloke and be like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, where's yeah. that voice coming from? It's really weird. So. My Just common it... voice comes out like, yeah. Being, my parents are like from London, so I've tried to work on it. But yeah, I I start to go proper like, yeah, man, like, all right, man, yeah, right, Cockney. <laughs> yeah, my dad's a proper Cockney, so it does rub off on me sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Um, what is one tip you would give to someone new to mountain biking? check your bike before you go riding like check all your bolts and things you're that i think that is a routine and that's one routine i need to get back i do occasionally but i do need to do more as soon as you get your bike out of the car and you go riding check your spokes check get into yeah. the routine of just checking your bike make sure it's safe before you start hitting start going out on the trails and uh, probably research where you're going as well. Like research the bike park, make sure um, there's stuff, yeah, you know, for you to ride. Yeah, maybe look into like going doing like group rides as well to kind of get to know more people and socialise and things. Yeah, yeah, that's some great. That's quite a lot. Let's no, it's good. There. It's good though because I yeah. think I, yeah just literally get my bike in and out my van in and out my garage and sometimes I don't check I just assume it's okay but things can come loose can't they or yeah, yeah. I've had people sometimes like in the past check and they're like Dan your back wheels wobbling all over the place you haven't done your axle up tight enough and I'm like oops <laughs> it yeah. sounds so obvious yeah. but yeah it, it's easy to just forget because you're like well I don't know Maybe I don't really know what I'm looking for either, but also I'm just excited to ride and I think, ah, it'll be all right. Yeah. No, that's that's great tips. Okay, and finally, I'm always calling myself a bit of a squid because, um, well, yesterday I was sliding around Canuck on my arse because I just couldn't ride my bike. But if if a squid could make a noise, what noise do you think that would be? Squid could make a noise. As in, like squidding on your bike, or a general squid, like a squid, an like, actual squid in the sea, bobbing around. Yeah. People can't see your that. movement, but you're definitely doing the movement no. of a squid. Yeah. 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 See, I yeah, <laughs> a lot of people will be like, blah, 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 which I can understand, but I also go a bit literal with it, and I'm like. It'd be like, yeah, bloop, bloop, as it's yeah, and they get the when the legs come out or the tentacles come out, bloop, and then it comes back in, bloop. yeah, like really yeah, chilled, awesome. Like <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Susie. I've really enjoyed chatting to you, and thank you for your time. Thank you.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Girls on Wheels. If you enjoyed it, please head over to podchaser.com and leave me a review. And don't forget to tell all your mates. If you've got any comments or want to get in touch, head over to my socials and drop me a message as I love hearing from you guys. I hope that by listening to this today, it's made you want to get out and ride your bike.